Hello and welcome to How to Save the World's Bonus Content. Bonus content. This is an addendum to the episode that you've hopefully just heard recently, which is our quest to find New Zealand's most sustainable bank. Congratulations to Kiwi Bank, who took out the title, and congratulations Wave, who did a fantastic job of researching and taking us through that journey. Wave, what else do you have for us that didn't make the uh, the big ep? Well... Well, so Barry Coates from Mindful Money, when I forced him to pick a bank, he said, oh, Kiwi Bank. But then he added, marginally, (laughs) and none of them are there yet, which was actually the sentiment I got across the board from the experts. Um, For example, David Tripe, Professor of Banking, said... There are some indications that some things are happening, but the evidence <laughs> is sparse. It seems very conditional to me. So I thought, let's, let's see if there is something that, uh, given our current state, is there anything that we can be doing if we get out of the bank? Is it even possible to get out of the banks? Um, and is there anything more sustainable that we could be doing with our money? I'd love to hear it. Well, Let's pretend for a moment. Suspend your disbelief, dear listener, and imagine that I've got some extra money somewhere. <laughs> oh, I can't do I'm, it. And I'm looking for a place to park it. Where should I be putting it, Wave? Well, is Bitcoin an option? Man, I've been wanting to buy some Bitcoin for a long time. Have I ever told you my Bitcoin story? No. I was going to buy some Bitcoin way back in the day. I'm trying to remember when it was, but I reckon it would have been about 2015 or 2016. And I was, because uh, cryptocurrency is a little bit complicated, but I'm a big geek. I don't mind throwing down with a bit of technical computer stuff. So I looked into it and the easiest way to do it was to buy through an exchange and the biggest exchange, which is just works like a, a commodities market or a stock market where you just like put some money in and go, I'll buy at this price. I'll buy Bitcoin at this price from someone who's willing to sell it. Um, that's what an exchange is. And the biggest one at the time was called Mt. Gox, G-O-X. And so I got set up with a wallet on there and was about to buy some. And then Mt. Gox got hacked and everyone's Bitcoin got stolen. And then it later turned out that it might have been masterminded by two FBI agents. There's some really interesting articles and documentaries about Far it. Far out. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Oh, I don't know really any of that. Oh, just the words, I guess, as far as I've got a bit of um, understanding, I guess, of what the words mean, and, and then that's really it. Um, I spoke with cryptocurrency expert Richard Leckinger um, and asked him this question, and he said it was a wonderful question. And then he said, uh, if you're speaking strictly of Bitcoin, the answer is no. It is not green. And Good no. on him for saying that. Yeah, and he said, and no, it cannot be used to replace your ordinary banking needs. Absolutely. Absolutely but right. if you're speaking about blockchain technology, mm-hmm. um, which Bitcoin's a subset of, I guess the first That's sort right. of leader of, a bit of a prototype. So th- think about blockchain as being the foundation and Bitcoin is, is one house that's built on that big foundation. Oh, I like it. Uh, apparently that is already replacing working bank accounts already, particularly in developing nations where traditional banking barely exists. I um, mean, it's getting more and more efficient. Uh, and Richard says that in a very few years it will be competing and disrupting traditional banking finances and industry. So that's it's not really a comment so much around whether it's greener, but it is interesting. There's some interesting green adjacent things that blockchain can allow us to do and I think Richard's quite right in pointing out um, the developing nations using it and also 
not even necessarily developing nations, but nations that have gotten into economic collapse and don't have a very trustworthy banking system. The main thing about blockchain is that it's all based on math and math cannot defraud you. Um, math cannot run away with with your money. Um, math can't lie to you and cheat you. So what blockchain operates on is a, a system where by interacting with it and by connecting to it, which you do if you buy and trade cryptocurrency, which Bitcoin is one of, you have to get trusted by all the other systems and verified on there using the math. So there's a real inherent built-in solid base of trust that blockchain technology has, um, which arguably, especially in, in some countries where they don't have a lot of faith in their governments and their banks, it can sort of surpass that. Mm, and mm. and like Brazil in particular recently has had a huge um, shift into uh, the use of Bitcoin and other cryptos mm. because it's it's a lot safer than putting their monies into a bank that yeah, it's might interesting, rip them eh? off. I think if people are interested, a key thing that you can look up is DeFi, which is... Um, actually short for it's like de and then capital fi stands for decentralized finance um it just happens to sound like defy when you say it (laughs) (laughs) so um they are again it's just part of this conversation and it's just rewriting the rules so it's um and it's about providing more independence i guess away from banks um, and central authorities so that's something to look out for and, and look up if you're interested Onward and upward? Absolutely. Did you know it's possible to get an interest-free loan for your home in New Zealand? Shut the front gate. I've heard of low interest, but what do you mean no interest? Well, it's not a golden bullet. Sure. Um, it's, uh, but it's the real deal. So um, it's Liberty Trust, um, and they are only for New Zealand home loans. Um, I spoke with Kerri-Ann Delagesh a Liberty Trust spokesperson and um, basically the thing is is that you make a donation uh, and that takes you maybe eight or nine years to make that donation and then you receive an interest-free loan seven times the value of your contribution. Uh, So in other words if you donate if you wanted a $700,000 loan you would pay $100,000 up front it's not refundable it is actually a donation to Liberty Trust and then they give you Seven hundred thousand uh, interest-free loan. Wow! So you have to do the maths on it, yeah. um, and with interest rates really low at the moment, the maths changes, um, and it works. The the younger you are, the better it works. Totally. If, if you're like, I want a loan now, um, yeah. which is actually the I've looked at them twice, and in both cases it was when I wanted a loan, and we just um, we didn't go with it. But I think if you if like if you're in your twenties or if you're parents with kids yeah. wanting to um, uh, sort of put some money in a really sensible place, um, this it it really I think it really stacks up really well. Um, the uh, you go go onto their website basically check them out really thoroughly. Um, they are a Christian organisation and they have a very strong Christian co-papa, right. uh, which is overt on the website and the newsletters. Um, but they're very happy for anybody to join and and they don't have agendas as such. Right. Um, it's just that um, they have a strong biblical belief around loans shouldn't have interest. That's really interesting because I know that that's a principle that's shared and across a lot of different faiths um 
which I only learned about when I read this interesting book about the history of debt as a concept oh. called Debt the First 5,000 Years. But oh, interesting. Yeah, it used to be hugely frowned upon by all churches and then gradually was like, yeah, maybe it's okay. Well, it's just the way we do things. So they, um, they don't have any marketing budget, which is an interesting one. When I asked her about it, she said, oh... Oh, it's a pretty weird concept, really. People, <laughs> she said, pretty much people don't join unless it's by word of mouth, and gotcha. they know someone personally who's had a good experience. Gotcha. Yeah. So wow, that's so that's them. Yeah. Um, then there's your your interest free options for personal loans, um, which is a smaller loan, um, and that would be uh, a good place to start. Would be to look at the Living Economies website. Um, basically, they're they give you information about savings pools which you can set up with your friends um, and you, you use it. You actually do use a traditional bank to, to – I mean, you could choose one of the cooperatives, couldn't you? Um, so you, you put your money together and then you, you sort of have this they'll, – they'll all have their own rules that you come up with and if you look at the Living Economies website, they can give you good guidance in that. But um, basically, uh, say if you join an established savings pool, and you join because you want some money, mm-hmm. but they don't know you and you're not giving them any money. And yeah. you say, oh, guys, I really need a thousand bucks for a new stereo for my car. Yeah. Um, they might say, okay, that's cool. Um, we'll give you a thousand. And then once you've paid that thousand, then you give us a thousand basically as a, a loan in advance for somebody else. So there's this reciprocity happening wow. so the savings pool can get bigger and there's no interest you'll just agree to share it out and it works yeah it seems like there might be a bit of risk in that but i guess the larger the pool the more it sort of dilutes the, again it's got to be based up. on relationships right. um i asked are there, is there a place where i could just say go and join a savings pool and i didn't necessarily know the people and she's like ah not really. Right, okay. Mostly, gotcha. there's, there's something there's something that holds a group together. Um, gotcha. Actually, there's a quite a good article in Organic New Zealand magazine uh, because one of their authors actually um, joined a savings pool, so it's her story. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that's I'll put that in the show notes. It's cool. So interesting. These arrangements. I've there's, never heard of them before. Yeah, and the only other thing I want to say is something that's a bit more high profile in New Zealand, and and we are really storming in this space, and that's looking at in and ethical investment specialists. So um, there's a lot happening. Um, we've got Mindful Money, um, who promote ethical investment. They've got a fund finder, and, and they also provide fund transparency. Um, so, for example, you can um, look up, say, your KiwiSaver fund and check out what they're giving their money to. And it's really enlightening, actually. Yeah. What's what's happening on the, in the detail? It goes down to um, arms dealers, um, different fossil fuels industries. Uh, what else? Not oh, all sorts. This is why it's beneficial oh, that we have such strong child reporting Child slavery, standards. all of that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Guns. Yeah. It's really cool. And and honestly, you you're big. Uh, if you haven't thought about it, the chances are your your KiwiSaver is mm. supporting that stuff. So gotcha. check them out and use that tool. Um, an example of an ethical fund, uh, just one, because we do have a few in New Zealand, is CareSaver. Uh, they've got some great stuff going on. Um, and Money Matters is an ethical investment group in New Zealand um, who are also doing some great stuff. 
all the links are in the show notes so you can um you don't have to memorize anything you can just click on those <laughs> and have a look yourself indeed yeah so i i would say go for it in terms of a call to action there's a lot there isn't there absolutely just check start by checking that your um your money isn't inadvertently funding anything that you don't agree with yeah and the wonderful thing about this um sort of burgeoning space particularly in new zealand but all around the world with these people doing the legwork for you is that there is an abundance of easily accessible information now which we didn't used to have access to um so these organizations that we're mentioning and these these really useful websites like mindful money 350 has done amazing work in this area of doing the legwork doing the research and um, in the case of 350 as well, really pushing these organisations in a particular direction um, so that we don't have to be fully focused on it, but we can sort of support them and trust these organisations to do the mahi for us to an extent, which is great. Because, you know, at some point we've got to get on with our lives a little bit. That's right. We've all and got our part to play. That's right, Tim. We do. And um, it's nice that people have done that research. If you're an Aussie listener, check out Market Forces. It would be the equivalent of 350 Aotearoa. And that Market Forces website gives you information about what your Aussie banks are doing in terms of fossil fuels. So... There we go, everybody. You've been armed with the correct information. Go forth and put your money into positive places. Put your money where your mouth is. We will catch you on the next episode of How to Save the World, which is all about hemp. <laughs>